Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Top Dog Talk post game review. I'm sure y'all are covering from a disappointing loss. Uh, Georgia loses 41-24 in disappointing fashion to Alabama. You know, I told Wyatt right before we started recording that the first thing that came to my mind after this was the Auburn Georgia game in 2017. Uh, fact is, Georgia didn't play well enough. I thought Georgia dominated, or not dominated. I thought Georgia had him beat in the first half. Uh, you know, Georgia dominated the line of scrimmage, I thought. I thought they looked good in the run game. Uh, you know, I thought on defense, we were we were causing pressure. We were giving them trouble. And Mac Jones wasn't making some of the plays that he was used to making because of the, the Georgia pass rush. But as you can hear in our voice, in my voice, you'll hear in Wyatt's voice in a little bit, Georgia let us down again. And that's the risk that you run when every year when we talk about the expectations is Georgia – could let you down and that's been something that's been happening for the last 40 years or so and you know it's been a culture that Kirby Smart and Mark Rick have been trying to turn have tried to turn around and when things get tight uh Georgia seems to put their head down and they don't respond and not that I'm trying to be negative here just telling the truth and that's what we're going to do here on the Top Dog Talk podcast is we're going to tell the truth um you know we don't want to be sensationalists we don't want to um feed y'all uh, any sugar or spoon feed y'all some um, sugar or put a sugar coating on top or pump pump some sunshine into it. The truth is, Georgia got beat today, and um, it, they didn't play their best in the second half. I thought they played a pretty good game in the first half. I thought, you know, there's a few tweaks that they can make um, at halftime that could help them steal this game, and they just didn't do it. Uh, you know, so credit to Alabama and Nick Saban for uh, getting their crap together and you know, really helping lead this Alabama Tide back into this game. Although their defense play a lot better than we all gave them credit in the weeks leading up to this. You know, they really bounced back from that Ole Miss performance. But I thought, I thought, as much as it was Alabama's defense rising to the level of our comp- of our offense, I think it was part of it was our offense um, lowering themselves to the level of competition. You know, Stetson Bennett had a few bad balls at the line of scrimmage uh, by the Tide defensive line. You know, we didn't really see that much heading into this game, and it happened here. And I think the one thing I can attribute that to, that problem, is these guys are bigger. Uh, you know, those tied defense alignment are some of the biggest in the SEC, and they're some of the most talented in the SEC. You know, Alabama puts out really good defense alignment. It's been something that Georgia's trying to do. Uh, and, you know, I think we're starting to turn the tide a little bit in that, but we just haven't been able to get done. So, you know, Georgia didn't play their best game. And, you know, we move on to next week against Kentucky, or next week's a bye week. Um, you know, we it's two weeks in South Kentucky. I got White Felden, the Top Dog Blogs recruiting contributor, here joining me for the Top Dog Hawk post-game review. Why I'm handing it over to you. Um, I mean, what were your thoughts on this game? Hey, man, how's it going? Um, just lost of words right there, you know. Um, but, you know, I'm going to stay confident. Um, I'm not going to, like... Give them credit or anything. I'm gonna give Bama all the credit that well deserved. Uh, much, much very respect. Um, Bama made made Georgia look like a not even top twenty five team. So, if you really want the truth, there it is. Um, look pretty bad. May look like Georgia's the third in the East or something. I mean, it's just Bama just makes us look like that, and it shouldn't be like that. Um, but it's okay. You have next week, as you said, a bye. So you move on, 
But how really, how really do you move on from a beatdown like this in the second half? I mean, the first half didn't really excite me either. I mean, you move the ball, you score, a Bama came down, and you have about 200 yards total for two receivers, and then probably 100 yards running back. I mean, where's the defense? I mean, I thought we were good. I mean, I agree that we're good on the defense side of the ball, but they made us look horrible. And that's what Bama's identity is to make you look that bad. And it took everyone's soul out. I'm reading tweets. I'm reading Facebook. It took everybody out. But you know what um, Kirby needs to do is go back to the drawing board, sit them down, and make make us look better on physical. Because if you do this in two weeks with Kentucky, they're going to beat you. Um, if you do this with Florida, they're going to beat the crap out of you. I mean, it's just, it just doesn't look good. I mean, it's it's that that's the truth. Um, I'm sorry to be harsh, but it's no it's no lolly land lolly lane anymore. We're not in Canyonland anymore. This is the truth, and it doesn't look good. Those are my thoughts, and it can be simpler than that. That Bama is going to win the championship this year. I mean, Bama is that good, and I know Steve Carcesian is a very clever offense coordinator that confused Kirby. And if he can do that, it's going to be a Good championship for him. You know, you bring up some really good points. Uh, obviously, Steve Tarskeesian, give him credit, man. Uh, you know, that offense, his offense is known for a lot of window dressing. Let's put a lot of icing on top of his cake. And he serves up a really good cake. Uh, might be a little too sweet for a lot of us, but uh, he gets the job done, man. Uh, I thought Mac Jones played terrific. I thought he played out of his mind good, considering the pressure we put on him. And he rose to the level of competition. He played great against a really elite defense. I think um, I know for a fact this was the best defense uh, he's played so far. Uh, second being the Auburn defense he played last year in the Iron Bowl. You know he played great. Um, you know they have some really good receivers. Alabama, like White said, they had two over a hundred yard receivers today. Give them credit for that. You know, they played really well against a really talented Georgia secondary. I think one of the matchups that uh, people are going to go back and look at a lot was the Tyson Campbell versus Devontae Smith. Uh, Devontae Smith, the infamous true freshman back a few years ago that caught the game-winning touchdown on Georgia on 2nd and 26 uh, in the national championship. And uh, was, you know, he beat, I mean, blew right past Malcolm Parrish uh, in a, a blown coverage and lost and, you know, handed Georgia the L. And, you know, he helped hand George the L today. Uh, he had over 150 yards receiving on 11 receptions. He had two touchdowns. You know, Jalen Waddle got involved a little bit, had six receptions for 161 yards. You know, they all played well. John Michi had a good game, you know, and it was it was the fact that, you know, Georgia's top three corners, I mean, they had their hands full with Alabama's top three receivers. You know, I think this is going to be the most talented receiving core that Georgia's going to face all year. Um, there's there's no better receiving core than the one we just faced today. Uh, you know, it, it, it was a really good matchup because Georgia's had three really good corners uh, who are all capable of playing as a number one or as a number two or as a number three. And Alabama took it to us, and they won the ball game. So give them credit for that. I thought they did a better job up front in the second half. Uh, I thought we dominated in the first half, like I said, the line of scrimmage. And Alabama came out in the second half and said, hey, no, no, uh, you know, we're going to shake our finger and we're going to um, show you what, what, what Alabama does. And like Wyatt said, I think uh, Wyatt sparked an idea in my brain. Alabama's identity um, is to take the life out of you. Um, not only 
the players and the coaches, but the fans. You know, they're playing style, and it, it just zaps all the energy out of you. Uh, and that's what they did today. When Jalen Waddle and that really good, really good long touchdown uh, catch, you know, backed up uh, on their goal line, you know, was really when, you know, the game, it was the signal of the end, this, the coming of the end for Georgia. When the wheels fell off, uh, you know, it just zapped the energy right out of you. You know, I was I was nervous all game. You know, every play, every drive was like, who's going to make the first mistake? Who's going to cough up? Who's going to cough it up first? You know, and we saw it early on in the first play, um, in the first drive of the game. You know, Mac Jones threw a pick, and it, it was electrifying. And Richard LeCount made a damn good play. And I thought, hey, if we're going to be doing this like that for the rest of the game, we got this. And we come out and Alabama makes a really good play. You know, the defensive line bats a ball and another defensive line uh, catches it and, you know, gives Alabama the ball back for them to eventually go down and score, put the first points up on the board. And, you know, Georgia offense struggled for the first few drives, but they got it together later on and were able to put the ball in the end zone and tie up this game. And, I mean, they hopped out to a lead uh, pretty quickly. Looked uh, like the 2018 SEC championship game. We jumped out to an early lead. And when it looked like uh, it looked like Georgia was going to be on the verge of putting them away, they couldn't. Uh, they turned off the gas pedal and put on the brakes. Um, you know, all brakes, no gas is what I'm going to call it. And Georgia just didn't get it done. I thought, you know, looking at some of the performances uh, from our players, I thought on offense, Kendall Milton really drove this offense. I thought he had a really good game. Uh, a little disappointed to see that they aren't feeding him as much as he deserves. I thought he played well today. And, you know, like I said, I'm disappointed to see that he doesn't get as much opportunities um, as his play suggests. Uh, definitely disappointed in that. I thought Zamir White had a decent game. Uh, he had a few runs that were, uh, you know, very energizing for Georgia. And I thought he did a good job of picking up yards. And it's just, I, I think the problem is in the run game, we don't get those explosive run plays. You know, Alabama had a few very explosive run plays where they were tossing it to the outside, and Najee Harris was able to get the edge on this uh, Georgia defense. And you know, it was it wasn't a ground; it was a slow, grinded ground and pound from this Alabama D, uh, offense. And Georgia couldn't do that. You know, I thought we ran the ball well on them, but I think uh, with the way we played later on in the game, we just deserted the run. And we, I, th- I think Stetson tried to force a few ball um, passes that you know he's going to end up regretting when he turns on the tape, you know tomorrow and when they look at this game for however long they do. Like I said, they got a bye week, so they're going to be able to have to sit back and digest this game and kind of you know reanalyze uh, what went wrong and they have to fix some stuff. I mean, why? What were your thoughts on the offense? Where was the offense? I mean, in the first half, it was there. But where was it in the second half? Um, I think it went wrong when um, Stenson got batted about, like, let's count it, maybe 13, 14 times at the line tonight. So there, there's number one. Number two, offensive line was abysmal. You're going to see it on tape tomorrow. Um, number three, running backs played well. Number four, it got separation with the um, DBs of Bama, which is good. But then they tighten up and they played man. And that was our problem last year. So, but the good thing is, you move on. Um, I'm gonna be positive for now on. Um, you get ready for you get ready for the bye week. You don't get ready for Kentucky. You get ready for the bye week because you have a lot to work on if you want to win the East. A lot. So, get things worked out this week. 
go back. I'll be watching film in the morning. I'm I'm gonna feel bad about it tonight, but it's twelve o'clock, so I'll feel better about ten o'clock tomorrow and watch film and like pretty much what they do. Probably take a day off tomorrow. But you go back to the drawing board. Kirby will say it tonight on this press conference, and he'll get bashed by every media member. And everyone will say it on ESPN that he did terrible, but he won't listen to that. And we're going to go back. And um, like you said, it doesn't remind me of Auburn because we're not that same team with the same people. But um, Georgia has to show me some character, man. I didn't see it in the second half. I didn't see phys- I, the physical. At, at, we just got out physical. Um, stamina was horrible. Um, my last thought, you have a lot to work on. A lot. Kentucky's not hard. Kentucky's not easy. Missouri's not easy. South Carolina's not easy. Mississippi State's not easy. Vanderbilt might be easy. Um, But my point is, Florida's not easy either. So you've got a lot to work on if you want to get better. You know, I think the bye week's definitely going to be instrumental for Georgia uh, this year, uh, especially after this Bama game where you look at it and say, hey, you know, this might be the game where we have to hit the reset button and kind of look at ourselves in the mirror and find what's going wrong. And, you know, we talked about it in the week leading up to this that, you know, this was going to be the test. We were going to find out a lot about this Georgia team. You know, if this team was different from the ones of the past that we proclaimed had a shot at winning the national championship and, and you know, my my insight on how I looked at the season, I wasn't talking about the national championship in the weeks leading up to the season. I was talking more about just getting to the SEC championship game because that's, that's, that's what needs to be the goal right now. You know, Georgia needs to be looking to go to Atlanta and to play whoever they're going to play from the West and win that game before we can even talk about going to the SEC championship. But right now, we got to focus on playing Kentucky in two weeks, and then after that, you play Florida the next week and, you know, take it game by game, uh, one day at a time, and like you said, Georgia has a lot of things to fix. And I think they're going to get them done. Uh, I, I think what went wrong today uh, in, on offense was just missed opportunities. They didn't take chances. They didn't take. Uh, they didn't make much of their chances that they got. A lot of drop balls today. A lot of batted balls today. Uh, you know, I, I don't like doing this because it's so. It it, it just uh, it comes off as a sore loser type thing. But as Bad as Georgia was in missing some opportunities, the refs did miss some calls, granted. Um, I, I mean, you have to say that, and I know it's going to be well talked about among Georgia media as there were some blatant missed calls that uh, went the other way and went towards Alabama and kind of you know, gave them a chance to win the game. But at the end of the day, it's Georgia's fault for leaving the refs in the game. Uh, you know, you're not a good team. You're not as good as you think you are if you let the refs determine the outcome of game. And that was one of those days where, you know, some of those decisions and penalties that went against Georgia were Georgia's fault because they left the refs in the game. And, you know, that's half the battle is you got to take, uh, like in boxing or in mixed martial arts, you got to take the judges out of the decision. You know, you got to go for the knockout blow. You got to go for the submission. And Georgia didn't do that. Uh, I thought they landed. If you, uh, I thought they landed some solid punches in the first half. Uh, but we didn't see that knockout punch, and we haven't seen that against them in the past. You know, uh, they fall short again, and you know they're probably going to get a second shot at them. But like Wyatt said, we got to focus on winning the SEC East. You know, we got a team like Florida coming up. We got a team like Kentucky 
Kentucky's not going to be easy. Kentucky's a tough physical football team, and they're going to test our, our, our offensive line. They're going to test our defensive line, and we're going to have to see how we respond. Uh, you know, they say the best test for a man is to see how he responds when he gets punched in the face. And Georgia got punched in the face tonight. And while it hurts to see them lose, to see that L, to see that one next to three, um, it hurts. But I'm also excited to see how this uh, team responds. Because if we lose uh, in the next few weeks before the SEC championship game, there's going to be no talk of an SEC championship or a national championship. There's going to be no talk about that. And I think that's going to be good for us in the long run if we do lose. Because we'll have to reevaluate what's gone wrong and we'll have to fix it. And, you know, I think today was one of those days where uh, no spring practice and a limited uh, fall camp kind of hurt us in a way, you know, with uh, a new offensive coordinator um, not having the full time to install his offense and get prepared. Uh, and that's not making excuses for him because I thought Todd Munkin caught a great game. I thought he was calling the shots well. Uh, you know, he had this Georgia offense in a rhythm and just some of those mistakes, you know, just got him out of the rhythm. I thought the batted balls, the drop catches kind of got, you know, Stetson down a little bit. You know, I was happy to see him respond right before halftime after a few overthrown balls to Jermaine Burton uh, in the end zone, in the red zone. Uh, I was glad to see him get that touchdown. That was big right there. And then Alabama just saps the energy right out of you and they drive down the field and get a field goal right before halftime. Why? what do you – I want to get your thoughts. You know, we talked about the offense a little bit. Tell me, I mean, was it the defense running out of gas in the second half? And was it the offense not doing their due diligence and picking up their teammates? Or was something else going wrong for Georgia? Was the secondary just not good enough? Or, I mean, was it, was it just the gas tank running on empty? All right, let me give you an example. Um, we played for – I played at Logan High School. Um, in 2017, um, short, short story. Um, we play a school called Buford and they're a private school. Um, couple Buford people are worth Bama right now. Um, and their identity is to wear you down. Um, like Alabama does because most of those Buford coaches are from big colleges. Um, so we actually, um, were winning at one point. Or like it was very close, like ten to thirteen or something like that in this in the first half. Um and then the second half it was ten to thirty five. Like it just blew open. You know why? Because they stole our identity, they wore us down, and they ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball, ran over us so many times. And then they just blow over the top. Like play action or something like that, and they just do something crazy, and we're just, like, off balance because we don't know what we're doing. So when Alabama has momentum, you can't take it away because that's their identity. And Nick Saban knows what to do. He's been coaching so many years. And with his with Saban mind, he is so smart. He knows how to manipulate like, every coach that he's, that he's played against. It's just, it's just a disadvantage because he always knows – the next step. Kirby doesn't know that yet. Um, you obviously saw that tonight. But Nick Saban always plans the next step. And Georgia doesn't know what their next step is. But Alabama just knows how to steal your identity and knows how to take it from you. And once it's like that, it's gone. It's done. Like I said, it's 10 to 13 first half, 10 to 35 the next half. You know why? Because we couldn't keep up with them. And their death just wears us down. I know we have good death, 
but Georgia's offense and Alabama's offense line is the real deal, and Alabama's offense is just no one to mess with. And you can't turn over the ball three times. I know you can blame the penalties all night, but when they wear you down and they throw over the top, they win every. They they're gonna win all day. You know, and when we looked at this game and we watched Alabama uh, over the past few weeks and we looked at them for what they did last season, it was, I, I think what wears you down so much defensively is the horizontal passing. You know, they hit you they hit you with a few short explosive plays in the passing game. You know, they'll pound you with a run, make it two, three yards, you know, uh, up the middle. You know, we stop them. They hit it outside, they get five or six, and then they'll hit you over the top. Boom, just like that, and it's a big play, and it's game-changing. It's a lot of momentum. They build momentum in small increments, uh, and, and, you know, they don't go for the deep shot. They don't go for the home run right away. They build you up to it. You know, really good build-up play from this Alabama offense, and it tires down this thing when you're done. All right. They, they tire you down. They tire you out, and, you know, it, it's a frustrating game to watch every time we play these guys because as a fan and – as a person who is a part of the media and wants to cover uh, Georgia, you know, it just zaps the energy out of you. It's so tiring. It's like you played four quarters of football with them, but you weren't. You were sitting on your couch in your chair, you know, next to the TV, or maybe you were in the stadium, and they just zap the energy out of you. And, you know, that's that's Alabama's identity. That's what they do to you, and they've continued to do it to us. And, you know, the, the big thing, all the headline articles – uh, for ESPN, the mainstream sports media is going to be 22 and 0 uh, against assistant coaches for Nick Saban, and you know this is this is uh, sensationalism at its best. This is what the mainstream media wanted all along. The story of Nick Saban testing positive, coming back, getting three negative tests, coming back to the game, coaching on the sideline when all hope was lost, and beating Georgia, beating his assistant, beating Kirby Smart, one of his longtime confidants, and. You know, it's just, it was, it's normal now. You know, it's become something we've gotten used to, and Georgia's going to have to snap out of it. You know, we got a chance. We got a chance to still make the playoffs. You know, our future's ahead of us. Uh, but we got a lot of work to do. Uh, Wyatt, what you got? Um, the guy I mostly learned from with, like, being a coach one day is Urban Meyer. Um he is a schemer, man, and he knows how to manipulate you in so many ways like Nick Saban does, and I see a lot of comparison with him. Uh, also, Urban Meyer has a better record than Nick Saban. So, but I'm saying like, oh, like Urban Meyer, wherever he goes, he knows how to wear you down as well. And um, it's just like, it's this the mad dogs that, that – Urban Meyer or Nick Saban or Bill Belichick, those top dogs, they just know everything about the game. And that's why I learned from them. And Kirby Smart's learning from them, but they don't know everything yet. And that's just a disadvantage. Kirby's like in his fourth or fifth year. I mean, how aggressive did Kirby go tonight? I don't think he did aggressively as the years pass. So he's learning. I mean, he, he's growing, but he's not like where the Urban Meyer is or Bill Belichick or Nick Saban. I don't even I don't even know where you put them on a list. Um, to me, like my question is to you, where is Kirby Smart now that you've seen him lose like these top games, SEC championship games, like close national championships games? Where do you put him on a list like that? Is he where is he going wrong? Like where's I mean those those are the tough questions that I have to ask you tonight. 
I think uh, when we compare tonight's coaching performance from him to last year's LSU game to the SEC championship game against uh, Alabama the other year and then after championship game, I, I would say uh, this is probably middle of the pack. Um, I wouldn't rank it dead last. I would say that LSU performance ranks dead last among coaching. I, I would rank this maybe uh, third or second. I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't think he was as aggressive as in years past. I think in the 2018, uh, in the 2018 SEC championship game, he was a little bit more ballsy, um, you know, going for the fake punt. Um, and I, I think Alabama had that in the back of their mind as well, kind of like how Georgia fans had the backup quarterback thing in their mind. Um, you know, we saw some of those weird punt coverages where they were they had guys they were dropping guys back just in case Georgia wanted to get a little fancy and run a fake punt. I don't think it was aggressive. I think uh, the fourth and two call the punt it. You know, being so close to the to the you know middle of the field, I I, I thought that was a little a little questionable. I thought you know maybe he should have gone for it. You know, when you're up four, when you're up four points on Alabama, and you know they're going to score at some point, why not go for it? You know, your defense needs a breather. They've been, you know, they've been gassed. Uh, you know, this, like we said, this Alabama team wears you down, and you punt the ball, and it's kind of a momentum killer for your offense. You know, your offense starting to gain confidence. You want to score right after halftime, and you want to get up two scores. You want to get up two scores, and and you just punt the ball away. Why? Do you agree with that decision? Hindsight, I say no, but at the same time, I questioned that at the beginning. I was like, why not go for it? And which, second half or first half? I, I believe it was the second half where George Pickens came back to get a really nice ball right on the sideline. Oh, oh, was oh, oh. Two. Um, fourth quarter, right? No, no, no. It, it was in the third quarter. Third, third quarter. Um, I wanted to punt it um, because our def- I thought our defense was good, like really good. Um, so pennant like with Jake Marta's leg in the hang time, I feel like we could have gotten him on like the ten or the five, which we did. So, but they had that play over the top with Tyson. So that's where we went wrong. I mean, it was a great decision by Kirby, I believe, though. You just don't like. I know you're like, as like learning so much stuff from different people, like coaches and and people like that. Um, it is good to be aggressive, but not that aggressive. Because if he misses it, then Bama has a short field, so then they then they score anyway, you know. Yeah, I mean, would you consider that another uh, another one of the? I mean, if he did go for it, let's say hypothetically he went for it, and they didn't convert it, would you consider that another coaching mishap, kind of like the uh, decision with the fake punt with Justin Fields? I mean, would that go in the same book, or would you just factor no, that down as being aggressive? I mean, just... I, w- I would applaud the man for going for it right there. I think. I think uh, because I, I mean, I've banged the table all year, and you've banged it with me. Brooks Austin banged it with us. Uh, I wanted him to be aggressive. I wanted him to put his foot on the gas, all gas, no brakes. And I think that that decision to go for it would have inspired the offense a little bit. I think Todd Munkin probably would have had a pretty good play design. And something tells me they, they had a pretty good chance at converting it. Um, just with the way their momentum was swinging at that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought we could have converted it, and if we did, I think we would have probably went down and scored, or at least got a field goal from it. So, you know, and that's just another thing where hindsight 2020, you know, hindsight never loses. And I think at the time, I wanted it to go. I wanted to go for it. I was a little shocked that he didn't. 
um, just because I wanted, you know, I thought he would be aggressive with this game. And, you know, chalk it down is just uh, relying on your defense, believing in your defense to make a play. And, you know, it's unfortunate that Jalen Waddle just, you know, bust the door right down, uh, bust the door wide open, and just, you know, I, I, I thought there was a little shove off on Tyson Campbell, but maybe he was falling down. Um, I, I thought there was a little shove, a little push off, but, you know, you know, it is what it is. Um, just, just disappointing for Georgia. You know, I'm going to echo it again. I, I think they beat themselves a little bit. I think they beat up on themselves a little bit. Um, they missed a lot of opportunities. Uh, Wyatt, let's hear your closing thoughts. See you in Atlanta, Bama. Um, I, that's, that's my final thoughts. You know, and, and that's what I, I think that's how we're going to end the show, man. Um, yeah, see you, in, see you in Atlanta, Alabama. Um, that that kind of goes together. Uh, so that was it today for the Top Dog postgame, Top Dog Talk postgame review of the Alabama versus Georgia matchup. Top five matchup ended with the Alabama Crimson Tide rolling on over as they beat Georgia 41 to 24. 20. 24. Sorry, the score blanked on me. I'm Harrison Reno. That was Wyatt Feldon, and that was the Top Talk Talk post-game review.